All right. Welcome again. We're glad that all of you are here. Um, let's pray, and then I'll begin to speak. Father, Lord, I thank you so much for tonight, for the fun and for the blessing that we have already had. Lord, we ask you to continue to be with us, um, to allow your spirit to speak to us. Father, uh, use me in all of my inadequacies. Um, I thank you for this opportunity that I get to, to speak your word. Lord, let me be accurate and truthful um, and, and allow your word to change lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, how many of you got your uh, new 2009 phone books? How many of you were so excited about it? Everybody, uh, I was excited about this year's phone book um, because supposedly my name is actually in it this time. I've been living in my house for like four years and I still didn't have my name in the phone book. And then, and then I got my phone book and the very first page I opened it to was my name. Is that not, I mean, that, that's, that, that just means I'm supposed to be in there, right? How, how do you open a phone book to your name the first chance? Um, but it's cool because now I feel official, right? I feel like I belong. I feel like I'm actually a part of something. You don't have to question whether I have a phone or not. Whether I have a phone number now, you know, hopefully my phone doesn't ring off the hook. But uh, I feel official. I'm in the phone book. The question I have for you tonight is, are you official? Um, we're going to look at uh, a passage of scripture in Matthew 13. And this is Jesus speaking. You can turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Everybody is looking for authenticity these days. Everybody wants to be real. And we want everybody to be real, right? You can't trust people unless you know that they're authentic and that they're real. This is why so many friendships break down, especially among teenagers. Somebody is your best friend from grade 2 up until grade 8, maybe, when boys and girls... Start catching your attention, and desires change, and things change, and then all of a sudden, other people seem fake. You don't know if you can trust them, and everybody's putting up walls and, and, and trying to trick people into thinking that they're something that they're not. Jesus wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be real, and he wants us to know that we're real, and not to guess. Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 24. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, um, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, and do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, 
Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, is Jesus saying that the kingdom of heaven is all about agriculture? Of course not. This has meaning directly applied to our life and to what the kingdom of heaven is supposed to be like. He goes on to explain it in verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And the disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field because we're lost. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Speaking of himself, the field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the close of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of the Father. He who has ears, let him hear. I find it interesting that Jesus uses weeds in this parable. Um, Weeds carry certain characteristics about them. One of, the, one of the characteristics about weeds is that weeds will take in but not produce anything. They will take up all your resources and they will not produce something that is usable. So you could be growing apples, but if carrots pop up in your in your farm, to you that carrot is a weed because you didn't want it there. And those carrots are just taking up resources that the apple should be using. And we see that Jesus explains that the weeds are sons of the evil one. All right? So these are unbelievers. In this parable, weeds are unbelievers. And weeds, as unbelievers... Unbelievers are not going to produce the fruit that God desires. And all unbelievers are going to do is take up resources. They're going to sit there and take up all the resources that should be for the wheat, the sincere, authentic believers. So because weeds are taking up resources, they also stop others from growing. They prevent others from growing because they take up these resources and they give back nothing. Weeds are also known to kill those who try to benefit from them, who may not know that a weed is poisonous. There are certain weeds that are poisonous and farmers do their best to stop these weeds from growing where their cows, where their horses where whatever it is that they're raising to stop their animals from eating these weeds. Otherwise, the cows and the horses will eat them and die. Not only cows and horses, but people. People can eat weeds and die. In the same way, people who are weeds 
they are going to hurt others around them. The reason I'm giving all of these characteristics of weeds is because, as Jesus says, weeds are insincere, inauthentic unbelievers in reality. And so tonight I want to ask you, what am I? Am I a wheat or am I a weed? Do I just sit there and take up resources and never give anything back? Do I, do I hurt people? Is that what I'm known for? Sometimes weeds have thorns. And that makes them untouchable. And like people, people can be untouchable, unapproachable, very prickly all the time, right? We dread having to go to someone to ask them for anything. Because we know we're going to get a story or we're going to get an attitude. Do you get... Do you, how do you get when someone asks you for something? You get prickly? I found this interesting also about weeds. Weeds will reproduce so much that their offspring cannot survive. Like pine trees. Pine tree, a pine tree is a weed. Just in case you didn't know. It's classified as a weed. A pine tree will grow so high that it will block out the sun. And so that... So the seeds that, that a pine tree drops can get no sunlight and therefore can't grow. In the same way, the, the offspring of unbelievers, they are not going to grow. Because their parents are not, are not growing, are not giving back, are not producing desirable fruit. And so, you'd think that with all these negative qualities, we should go find these weeds, these people who are in our congregation, who measure up to these qualities in our mind, and we should root them out, right? We should get rid of them. Careful, David, I'm going to get you. Because they're just not helpful. They're not helping me grow. They're not helping you grow. But that's the problem. We can't get rid of them. Because we can't tell the difference. We can't tell the difference. The type of weed that Jesus is probably referring to in this parable is something called a Darnell weed. And the Darnell weed, when it's planted with wheat, when they grow at the same time, you can't tell the difference. When they are young, you can't tell the difference between a Darnell weed and a wheat. You can't tell the difference between something that is not going to produce any fruit and something that you desire to produce fruit. So there are, there are many people who we just don't know. And so Jesus tells us, the servants ask him, they say, do you, do you want us to go up and, and gather them? But Jesus said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Because we can jump to conclusions with people. We don't know people's hearts. We don't know if someone is uh, just shy. You know, we look at them and we say, oh, you're not doing anything. You're not saved. 
Why don't you give something back? But really, they're just shy. And what they really need is someone to encourage them to get involved. Okay? In the real world, there are many things that we may not think are weeds, but they actually are. Alan, our first one, we have to talk about this because I know it's going through a bunch of people's minds. Uh, this, is, this is a cannabis, and this is a weed, and it's a nuisance. Give me the next one, Alan. This is actually St. John's wort. Now, we would look at that and say, that's pretty. But in actuality, St. John's wort is a weed. And yet they tell us, take St. John's wort, right? Um, Next one. Dandelions are weeds. We might not think so. Just to look at it, we say, oh, that's pretty. But in reality, it's a weed. And the last one. Blackberries. Blackberry is a weed. Blackberry, if you let blackberry grow, it will overtake the whole, uh, the whole farmland. And blackberries are prickly. I, I wonder if the people who invented the the electronic blackberry realize that, that it's really a weed and that, you, and that it's really just taking up resources and not producing anything, uh, any real fruit. So you can throw your blackberry away. They call it the crackberry, right? Because it's, cause you get addicted to it. Yeah. The point is that some people may, we may look good. And I know that there are a lot of people who are, who just need encouragement. But then there are some people who really are just faking it. And to look at them, we wouldn't be able to tell that they don't really love Jesus, that they don't really believe. Because they're at church all the time. But in fact, looks are deceiving. And so tonight, I'm sure someone will say, oh no, he's making me doubt my salvation. And that's not what I want to do because I know that uh, the easiest person to make doubt their salvation is a teenager. But I also think that many times we feel We feel insecure about our own salvation. We wonder, am I really authentically saved? Um, Because in so many ways, we still look like the world. In so many ways, we choose to act just like a weed. We can't even tell ourselves apart from them. Just like this Darnell weed and wheat. We listen to the same music. We watch the same TV shows. We wear the same style of clothes. Whether it's tight and skimpy and revealing. We use the same language. 
the same words. We deal with our problems the same way. You do something to me, all right, I'm going to do something to you. I'm going to get right back at you, worse and harder. I want to make you feel ten times worse than you made me feel. And we respond in the way that a weed would respond. You have your life at school. You have your life at home. You have your life with your friends. And then you have a totally different life at church. So any insecurity that you may be feeling about whether I'm authentic, check your life. Who are you patterning it after? Are you trying to please your friends more than you try to please God? Some of you will hear this and say, it's no big deal. I've got time. I'm not doing anything really bad. Because obviously, no one can tell the difference. You look okay, but you're really not. Your heart hasn't been changed. You haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. What does Jesus tell us? What happens to the weeds? And what happens to the wheat? Jesus tells us that just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When Jesus comes back, all the angels are coming with Him and He's going to send them out. And by that time, there will be enough maturity in the wheat To be able to tell it completely apart from the weeds. We see that the angels are going to remove all causes of sin and all lawbreakers. And so that links weeds with what the angels are going to remove. Weeds are causes of sin. Weeds are lawbreakers. So if you're all caught up with with sin uh, with your friends and you look just like them and you haven't produced any fruit or anything beneficial, what's going to happen? The angels are going to come and not be able to tell you from the other weeds. If you think you're wheat but you're not producing any fruit, you have no desire for Jesus, Do you you see why this is such a serious thing? Because some people don't take it seriously. Some people think, oh, if I go to hell, I'll be with my friends. Right? I'm going to have fun with my friends in hell. Hell is not going to be fun. It's a serious thing. Do you see why we don't, why we have youth services, why we have a youth group? So that you don't have to wait until you're 25 years old. So that you can get it straight with God now. Because no one knows when He's coming back. 
It is imminent. Could happen any moment, any second. And if you're out there and your roots are all tangled up with weeds, what happens when the weeds get ripped out? You're going to get ripped out with them. But you would be proven to have been a weed and not an authentic believer. So, how do we prove that we are weak? How do we bear authentic fruit? Turn to John 12. John 12, verse 24 and 25. Truly, truly, this is Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I've been... I've been happy with Pastor Lee's messages lately. Um, Not that I'm usually not happy with them. But... I just mean, I'm happy with how everything is linking together. At the winter retreat, our Saturday morning session was exactly what Pastor Lee has been talking about. Uh, so many of us think that purity is, is impossible. As we said it was a dead zone, right? And, but we talked about how our old man has been crucified with Christ on the cross. And so we no longer have to live in sin. And when we consider ourselves dead to sin, when we reckon ourselves as dead and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us to live that new resurrection life, we can live unto God and not be depressed all the time because we're stuck in this rut of sin and, and, and no purity. And then we come back from the retreat and, and Pastor Lee is talking about the same thing. And tonight, we see Jesus saying the same thing. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So what must we do? We must die. The problem is, so many of us have been blessed, right? We've been blessed with talents and gifts and abilities and good looks. And, you know, just friends who love us and all of these great things. And so we want to use these abilities and we want to maximize these abilities. But, but then that becomes a problem because if we haven't died to our flesh and to our own pride, then, then we, we never bear any fruit. All of the things that we do, the things that we are pursuing, we're just pursuing in our own flesh. And so it's not wrong, even though we're doing good things like like getting an education and working hard at our job and trying to have healthy relationships and, and we help the needy and we want to clean up the environment. We want to do all of these good things, but we're doing them in our own strength. What we need to do is we need to die to ourselves and surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit 
that lives in us. If you are wheat, you have the Holy Spirit living inside you to empower you to live the life that God wants you to live. Not the life that you have planned for yourself. If you live, if you walk that road of, of pursuing your own goals, you're not going to produce fruit that the kingdom of heaven can use. Verse 25, Jesus says, Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. All the plans that we make in order to keep control of our own lives, to make our life turn out the way we want it to, the way that TV has shown us our life should turn out, the way that our parents have planned out our life for us. Jesus says, when we stick to those things, instead of dying to ourselves and trying to live according to His plans by the power of His Spirit, not in our own flesh, we're wasting our time. So I challenge you tonight, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life trying to please your friends. Don't waste your life pursuing temporary things. All of those things, what's going to happen? They're going to get burned up. They're going to be tossed in the fire. And there's going to be weeping. There's going to be sorrow and sadness. Regrets. Things you wish you could have done. Things that you used to do that you can't do anymore because why? You're in hell. No escape. Gnashing of teeth. There's pain. Why do you gnash your teeth? Oh! This is real. And some of you are playing the game. And you're sitting on the back burner and you think you've got everybody fooled. And you know what? Jesus says, it's not my job to come and weed you out. It's not my job to get in your face and say, are you authentic? Are you real? I think you're fake. Prove to me. You don't have to prove to me. You don't have to prove to Brother Anton. You don't have to prove it to your parents. You don't have to prove it to your friends. What you need to do is die. And then live in the power of the Holy Spirit. is a good thing. This is only a metaphor. You can become wheat. If you think that you're a weed, if you look at your life and you say, man, I am just wrapped up in everything worldly. I listen to whatever's, whatever music is on the radio. I have no filter. There's nothing that, that, that goes off in me when my friends are trying to get me to do things that I know are wrong. I just go right along with them. My mouth, my language is the exact same as my friends who I know are unbelievers. You don't have to live that way. In, this, in these verses in John, Jesus is, is referring to himself because he knows he is going to die. 
And because he died, he was going to bear fruit. And that fruit is us. When we put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, his resurrection, we receive the Holy Spirit. We are unified with Christ. Our old man dies on the cross. We receive the Holy Spirit and now we have the power for new life. And you can have that power. Are you willing to die to those things? So that when harvest time comes, you'll have no fear. You'll have no doubt, no insecurity. You won't be perfect. No, that's not what we're saying. But we're saying you will have the security in your heart to know that you have placed your faith in Jesus and you have seen a change in your life. To conclude, I want to read Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 5 through 11. Peter says, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective and un- or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, There will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, that it speaks honestly and truthfully. Lord, I know that there are many in here tonight who who are entangled in the world. And they know that they don't really look any different from their friends. Father, I ask that, that your spirit would, would speak to them, to, to allow them to surrender, to repent, to come to a saving knowledge of, of you and know that, that when they believe in you, they have died to sin and they have died to themselves and now they live for you. Father, I ask that we would not strive in our flesh to be better people. I ask that we would surrender to your spirit so that you would get the glory for any fruit that we produce. In Jesus' name, amen.